0: Stage. It's the premise with Dino Drapotis. Dino's guest tonight from QFM 96 Jerry Elliott. Special guest comedian Nikki Winkleman. Tonight's contestants, improv comedian Jeff Gage, and stand-up comedian Jack Shepard. Tonight's guest bottle, Old Bardstown. And now, Dino Drapotis. Everybody, how are you? Good. Yes. Welcome to Whiskey Business presents the Premise, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear it for the Premise. Our second outing here at the Upfront Stage. I am your host and lovely hand model for this evening, Dino Tripotas. Thank you so much for being here. Let me explain for those here, for those of you who are here for the first time, what's going to happen this evening on the Premise. We got a lot of great guests, but the Premise itself will consist of this. Two very brave comedic souls will be handed a comedy premise tonight that they've not heard or seen until this evening. They will get that premise and they will head over to that writer's table over there where there is uh, one bottle of water and one donut. (laughs) Why one bottle of water and why one donut, you ask? Well, the creator of the premise, let's hear it for John Whitney, everybody. John Whitney. John Whitney is an asshole. That's why there's one bottle of water and one donut. But they will have 20 minutes, once they get their premise, to write three to five minutes of stand-up material, which they will then come to this stage and perform for you, the upfront stage audience, and then you, at the end of the evening, will decide who is the winner, yes? Now, when I get back there, I'll explain what the winners and the losers will get, but... And in in the meantime, while they're working over there, we have a lovely special guest comedian, Nikki Winkleman is here. Let Nikki Winkleman is here to entertain you. And my good friend from QFM 96, Jerry Elliott, is here tonight as well to sit and talk. A combination of comedy and podcasting all in one fell swoop. Now, to come up here and perform, those guys are very brave. It's scary, wouldn't you agree, sir, to be handed something and just come up on stage 20 minutes later and have to do something. Fear is part of the bourbon babble for this evening. The running theme tonight, if you will, what are you afraid of, will be a running theme in tonight's podcast. And um, I, I bring it up because here's the deal. When I turned 50 years of age, I told myself in that decade, I would start to conquer fears in my life that I had throughout my life. Now, I'll come back to that in just a second, because in April of this year, I turned 60 years of age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. Don't. No. Don't clap for that. Don't. I'm old. I'm very old. I'm very old. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I was in my 30s, and I would go visit people who were 60, they were... Um, Dead, they were dead. (laughs) Because that's how it worked when I was growing up. You know, you got married at a young age, you had kids, you worked hard, then you died before you could appreciate any of the benefits from it. But now at 60, I'm almost happy to be that age because I got out of the, what I like to call the only decade. I'll explain. Right around 55 years of age, I don't know if I was more cognizant of this, or it, it just seemed to be happening a lot. But people in their, in their mid-50s were just dropping dead all around me. And it'd always be the same thing, you know, when, when somebody would die. Did you hear about Mike? He had a massive heart attack and he died. Oh my God, that's horrible. How old was he? He was only 55. <laughs> Did you hear about Larry? What happened to Larry? Larry was out running, he had a stroke, dropped dead in the middle of the street. Oh my God, that's terrible. How old was he? He was only 57. Oh my God, did you hear about Ted? What happened to Ted? Oh man, Ted's wife caught him with a prostitute. She shot him dead in his bed, right in the dick. He died immediately, but he was on Viagra, so the dick was, you know. Oh, that's terrible. How, how, How old was he like that matters at this point? He was only 59. Yeah, so now, now at 60 years of age, if something happens tonight and I drop dead on the upfront stage at Shadowbox Live, people say, Oh my God, Dino Tripodos died on the upfront stage. Oh my God, that's horrible. How old was he? He's eh, 60. He was like, Yeah, this is 60. This is a good life. Really? But at 50 years of age, yeah, I started to conquer fears. I had a list of fears that I started to, to single out and, uh, and, and try to overcome. For example, um, uh, I, had a, I had a fear of heights, so I went skydiving for the first time, yeah, and jumped out of a plane, which I sincerely recommend. Oh my God, what a life-affirming experience. But you realize, when you jump out of that plane and you're thinking, man, If this parachute doesn't open, I'm not going to feel a goddamn thing. (laughs) And then you start realizing, man, why'd I pay the American Express bill already? (laughs) Yeah. I had a fear of roller coasters. Uh, I had a horrible fear of roller coasters. So one year I went to Cedar Point and Kings Island, and I rode all the roller coasters because I was that guy. I was that guy that, that would sit in the, in the coaster seat and be scared to death that the, the, the belt was gonna come loose and, and I'd come flying out of seat and I would get my head chopped off by a girder before it was all said and done, which sounds horrible, but it's gotta be way worse for the person sitting next to you. <laughs> they have to go the rest of that ride and wait while you're just sitting there, a decapitated torso, your hands still clenched to the thing, but no head. It's got to be way more traumatic. I was afraid of needles, so I became a heroin addict for three years. Um, That didn't work out so well. Uh, But the biggest fear I had uh, growing up was, um, I had a fear of deep water. When I was nine years old, living in Greece, my father tried to teach me how to swim and it did not go well. He took me so, 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 so far out into the middle of the ocean and he had me on his back, and he, and he said to me, he goes, my son, when I learned how to swim, this is how my father taught me. This is how I'm going to teach you. And he threw me off his back and told me to swim. I did not swim. I did not swim at all. It was, it was, it was horrible. I went down and under and kept going down and under. And then the last time I went down, I thought I was going down for sure. My father eventually, you know, threw me back up threw me back on his his shoulders and swam me back to shore and threw me, literally threw me on the beach at my mother, disgusted over the fact that I had not learned how to swim. And ever since that day, I had a horrible fear of deep water. So in my 50s, I finally learned how to swim. Thank you. Yes. Now here's the deal. When you're learning how to swim, they start you off in the kiddie pool. Which is fine unless there are other kitties in the pool, <laughs> which there were. And uh, at one point, while I was waiting for the instructor, this cute little, little four or five year old came wading up to me, and he had a little, bit of a little bit of a speech impediment, but he was just adorable, and he was so full of curiosity. He says to me, He goes, why, why why, are you in the kiddie pool? And I said, Well, I'm in the kiddie pool because I don't know how to swim. You know how to swim? I go, No, no, I don't. Is it because you're mentally challenged?
1: She
0: said, No, I'm not mentally challenged, but it's nice that your parents have taught you how to be, you know, politically correct. And just like a lot of four or five year olds with a short attention span, he completely changes the subject. He pulls down his swim trunks. He goes, this is my pee-pee, this is my pee-pee. And I'm panicked. I'm like, kid, pull up your shorts, pull up your shorts. He's like, why, don't you have a pee-pee? I go, yeah, but if I show you mine, fuck, I ain't never gonna learn how to swim. Are you guys ready to start the premise? Tell me yes, yeah, here we go. Whoa. we go folks as uh for those of you who listen to whiskey business on a regular basis whiskey business is a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey and on every podcast the only running theme is that we have a a guest bottle on the show uh we just recently celebrated our 100th bottle on the show that's right yeah so this is technically bottle 101. This is a uh, old Bardstown bottled in bond Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It is 100 proof. For those of you who are trying to get into the whiskey, know uh, bottled in bond means simply that it is uh, one distillation season from one distillery, a single distillery, and. Uh, It is federally bonded, in a federally bonded warehouse under U.S. government supervision for at least four years, which is the government job I want to have. (laughs) And it has to be bottled at 100 proof. So, Old Bardstown, this is not available in Ohio. A friend of mine brought this from Kentucky. It is from the Willett family. Uh, It is not, I should say, uh, a sponsor of the show but it could be. <laughs> old Bardstown, you get a chance to pick it up, do so. About 24.95 a bottle, so not very expensive either. So we'll find out what my guests think of the Old Bardstown a little bit later. Also on the program tonight, winners and losers. The winner of the premise this evening will win what I call my go-to standby, a perfect bottle for any winning occasion, the winner will get a bottle of Jack Daniels number seven whiskey. The loser of tonight's uh, program will uh, get a bottom shelf bottle of 10 high. Right there, right there you have it. That's right. (laughs) When your money's low, 10 high. And this is a sour mash whiskey, which is uh, 80% proof, but as it is with the, with the cheap whiskeys, there's a shitload more of this than there is of that. So also, also the loser will also win because uh, if we've got nothing else on this program, it is sincere thanks for the competitors that are here this evening. So the loser will also walk away with this lovely LP with our deep felt sincerity. This is Sincerely Yours by Robert Goulet. <laughs> Bob Goulet for The Loser tonight as well. Yeah, with great songs on it as uh, the following. Really? I talk to the trees. I'm not making any of this shit up. <laughs> the moon was yellow. You stepped out of a dream and uh, Stella by Starlight. Uh, just some of the fine, fine um, Robert Goulet tunes on this lovely LP which you can listen to and kill yourself with later (laughs) before it's all said and done. So there you go. How about a nice round of applause for our bottles and our contestants. And it gives me great pleasure to introduce our first guest for this evening. Are you guys ready? Tell me yes, yes. My first guest tonight is a longtime friend. He is also, uh, before he he got into the position he's in now, he was one of the best comics out there, touring all across the country, and working with the likes of Tim Allen and so many other great people along the way. And then he took a turn, and that turn turned out very well for him. Um, He is a legend in this town, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to radio. Would you please welcome my good friend from QFM 96, Mr. Jerry Elliott, yeah! Yeah, 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 you, no. you think maybe you would have... Uh,
2: How are you? He, Leave he, it to me to open with a little visual joke in a podcast. Yeah, right?
0: uh, I'm thinking you would have, you know, timed the dribble out hey, a little bit better. And uh, I the... hate to
2: start off this way. What's that? Jonesy passed today. Jonesy passed? Kevin Jones, our buddy. He was only 58. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Funny guy, too. Funny guy. Okay. Jonesy passed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you should know. How'd he die? It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, let go right room. past it. <laughs> go right past it, yeah. How are you? So, the premise, I thought it was the promise. <laughs> I thought it was some sort of a Lutheran youth group that we were going to be. Uh, and you would be my first guest tonight. We got, yes. We got booze and, and comedy. This is wonderful.
0: You'd be my first guest in a Lutheran yeah. church group, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be the way to go. Can you imagine if that did happen, though, and I did die on stage tonight? How ironic that would be if that actually happened? But I should tell you this, that I took Viagra beforehand, so my so dick, you, my dick yeah. would finish the show.
2: We'd have something to carry you out by. <laughs> yeah, we
1: just...
3: You
2: want to grab hold things, of that. Uh, uh, the Shadowbox, which, you know, I used to work uh, a few times. Uh, I judged and I performed at the one at Easton. Did you guys used to go to the one at Easton? That was a good spot. I like this better down here, though, because it's their own space. But this is very cool. It's a beautiful room. And I've never been in there. Have you seen those big shows in the back? What are they getting there? Like two, three hundred? Do you know we should do a show back there? Oh, am I talking? I I'm sorry. Well, I'm, sorry. Never, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry.
0: That's why I got you as a guest, because I could just sit here and pour <laughs> drinks and, and let Jerry do his one-man show <laughs> before it's all said and done. You want to do the old Bardstown, brother? Uh, not quite yet. Thank you.
2: What? This is my, this is my moment. My openness is because the other performers, I, I'll drink during them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not a professional. Could you, do you, when you're doing a weekend show, do you drink before you go on?
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, why not? He, an, easier, an
0: easier question would be, when don't I drink? Yeah. Would be an easier, all right, so you want me to pour it? Because yeah, you can pour a little in there, I'll sure, pour a little sure. in there, just sure. to get it, just let the ice melt it down yep, a little yep. bit. Cause it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little hot. It's a hundred proof. And this is
2: uh, old Bardstown. Old Bardstown. From Willet. Right. You've had Willet. All right. You've yeah, had Willett. You've yeah.
0: had the I Dream of genie bottle, the big Willet bottle, right? You've had that one? No. You need I to come to not. my house more wow. often, dude. Yeah.
2: My favorite was always J and B Scotch. So smooth wow. it whispers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> used shit used to whisper in my ear all night, man. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna puke again, Jay. <laughs> You're gonna puke.
0: Were you a scotch guy at one point? I
2: did. I I started with scotch, but I'm all into the bourbons now. Do you think the bourbon thing's going to blow up, though, and go away?
0: No. I really don't. I really don't. I think it's going to continue. Because the IPA
2: bubble's going to burst at some point. The IPA
0: bubble, maybe, with the beers. But the bourbons, man, um, and I say this only because the people that are making new bourbons and bringing new product to the the market uh, are doing such an excellent job. And I, I just think that it's going to continue on for a long time. I'm hoping, I'm and I've said this on previous podcasts. I'm hoping that there'll be some other liquor. Like right now, it's gin. Gin's very popular with Ooh. the with the young kids. I light you up. I know, and I'm hoping that you know they all like, you know, see the the, yeah. the flashing light and right. go to gin and maybe leave the. The hard to find, because that's our biggest complaint, that we can't find the bourbons that we like. Because the,
2: is the alcohol content different with every bottle? or Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: yes, some of Yeah, there's uh, the ones that I... Some I've, of those
2: beers are ridiculous. You, they, I, 10%? Yeah. 8, um, they should tell you that when they pour it, right? Because sometimes you don't know, and you have two, and it's over, right? And now they have the craft. I saw uh, the beer zone up there has a craft N.A. beer, no alcohol. Well, I mean, what's the point? Yeah. Right. Uh, you Bartender, j- give me the full bloated feeling. No buzz. <laughs> I just want to be stuffed. N- no buzz, please. <laughs> Why
0: would they do no alcohol craft? That yeah. makes no s-
2: But I yeah. love the IPAs and I love the bourbons.
0: Yeah, well, I've, I've turned you on to quite a few bourbons you over the years. You Co- have that Cooper's craft? I gave what you the you? Cooper's That's craft. That's really uh, good. That was actually... That's highly drinkable. Th- that was... Our Highly drinkable. like No,
2: it goes down too easy. Oh, uh, is that what that means? Yeah, that goes down hi, too that easy. That sounds
0: like uh, something polite you say when you don't like it. You know? It's no, highly drinkable. You don't like the yes. bullet. I don't like the it's bullet. It's hot. I don't it's like the bullet. It's hot,
2: and you have to respect it, and you sip it, and you enjoy it. That Cooper's Craft, boy, that just rolls back and uh, before you know it. How
0: often do you get really hammered now? Jerry, are you coming up to bed? Oh, leave me alone, woman. So, last night. All right, okay, cool. Drink. Yeah. You ever get
2: drinking at home with your spouse, and then they go to bed, and you realize, well, this isn't a good look. <laughs> You're flipping through the channels. You catch the last half of Tombstone before you know it. It's quarter to three in the morning.
0: Yeah. Isn't Tombstone one of those movies that no matter what, no matter where I you stop come on in on it it, you, you stop I stop on, on it every time. I stop on it every time. Yeah, I'm that way with uh, Tombstone. I do. Uh, the Godfather, obviously, and uh, Shawshank Redemption. No matter where it's at, yeah, I right. will stop. Dead it's in my tracks and finish watching that movie. I think Shawshank's
2: having their reunion this weekend. They are, they yeah, are a big uh,
0: right. 25 reunion. Frank 20-
2: Darabont, the uh, yeah. director. We'll look at you! Yes. We'll look what? at you!
0: What? I'm kind uh, of a cinephile,
1: are you? Are you just...
0: <laughs> Better than the other file.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as as your files go. <laughs> I, th- I, I think
2: cinephile what you want.
0: <laughs>
4: you yeah. want to go, if I, you're going <laughs> to pick a file. If you're going to pick a file. If you get to choose. Uh, yeah, yeah, you get to choose. If do. you get, sometimes,
2: yes. you
0: know. I like yeah. to think you get to choose, yes. <laughs> yeah. But as far as file goes, I'm going to go with cinephile.
2: So, it's, it being my first time here, and I did not see your last episode of The Premise. Right. Does everyone know the the program here? Because this is my first time. Yeah, everybody just, ex- and I just you explained. You throw it. out the premise and yeah. th- what was yours your fear? Oh, the- well, I was
0: gonna ask you that. I said that, that fear or what you're afraid of would be kind of the running theme with all of my guests. I I, I shared some of mine. What are you afraid of? Well Jerry we know
2: you? your fear is intimacy, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> psychologically speaking, possibly. I met actual. You know- Fears, what are you afraid Fear, of? Fear,
2: I, I really have a huge, like uh, unreasonable, for no reason, yeah, one of those. Uh, snakes. Snakes? Not bugs, not rats. S- for some reason, snakes Was really, s- really set me off. And if you ever see a snake, whoever's with you at the time, if there is somebody there, I say, oh, that's not a, that won't bite you. That's not a bad one. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't care. Snakes just. Did you have have a. a, I don't know why, no. A traumatic experience? I don't know why. But like whenever I go to Florida and I go jogging or. uh, Come on, really? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. (laughs) When you go to Florida and you go jogging, you can't even look me in the eye and say that with a straight face.
0: When you go to Florida and go jogging, when you go to Florida and watch other people jogging, when I'm walking home from the bar, in Florida, when I go jogging, I always
2: think shit's coming out after <laughs> me. Gators, another one. Any kind of reptile, I'm not down with. I I'm am sorry, not I'm still down, I'm no. St- I'm still
0: going with the whole you jogging yeah. in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that one. That well,
2: I'm I'm a, a jogger file.
0: <laughs> You're a jogger I'm a jogger
1: yeah.
0: I'm an extra file. Seriously, how old are you now? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 58. <sighs> 58 years old. Okay, so could. Uh, I, I could not get out there and jog right now. I don't, the, the knees won't take it. So I what, did
2: five today, five miles. Five miles where? And they say you can't outrun a bad diet, right? Right. I would have to. Agree? Like jog to Cleveland, <laughs> to Toledo. <laughs> I would have to jog to Ontario. So Because you, you can't. Be, I mean, you're tr- you you doing 58, are you do- I just can't. Are it's, you doing it on tough. the
0: treadmill or are you doing it on the, on the street? I got a
2: little route around my house. Do you really? I walk, jog. Yeah, saunter. Saunter. <laughs> mosey. Sometimes have, I mosey. Some days would, I skip. Don't judge. If, Don't judge. My point have, is, is I do my five-mile loop regardless, and I go by the time, mm-hmm. not by... You with me on that? Yeah. So if I run the first two, as long as it's it's all about my time. All about your and time. And I, I try to go every other day. That's good. Aren't you worried about your health? Do you know? My God.
0: I, you know what? It's interesting. Um, As you know, we used to work side-by-side side in the same building at, yes. uh, at, at Saga Communications. Was that you over yeah, there? That was me over there. <laughs> right down, to, down you, were, the, you were
2: really good. What uh, happened? Uh, that, that
0: just, <laughs> I came in me. one Monday, and you weren't there. I wasn't there. I was gone. Yeah, we um, did. We worked side-by-side. We side. worked side-by-side side for the last few years. And it's interesting. Um, I've had a physical since I've left in the last year, and it was the best physical I've had in my good entire life. Good now, I drink. As yeah, you know, right. I smoke, as you know, That's I don't. That's jeans. That's in your jeans. I, in my jeans? Yeah. Did yeah. your dad live my a da- long My life? father lived to be 83 well, years of go. age, and he died from lung cancer. And you're what, 60? Um, 60. Fuck and- it.
2: Pull the goalie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah,
2: Georgie, I worked at <laughs> him, buddy.
1: Pull the goalie.
2: Pull the goalie. You only got 20 years left. Yeah. Go, baby, go. I think about that. Don't you think about that? mm mm-hmm. I mean, we're on, the, we're on the... Have you ever met... You know what happened to me last week? And I, I, I... Have you ever met, and regardless of your age, I think a lot of people experience this, you meet someone for the first time, and you think in your mind, oh, that old guy or oh she's she's a tractor or whatever she's an older woman an older lady and then you come to find out no man they're your age they are your age. have you ever done that Well, you look at someone and you go oh, there's an older guy and then you find out no we're the exact same age you just don't picture yourself as being no, that i do age. not feel
0: that i i look at what i remember to be 60 as i was growing up and and those were seemed like really old people i do not and and maybe it's just because i'm 60 but i don't right. look at myself as the same way I looked at sixty-year-olds, right. so forth and so on. But um, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I do see. Yeah, they're the same age as me. Now you're married. If yeah. you weren't married, um, and you were single, would you go on a on a dating website that was age appropriate? No,
2: I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Would you maybe would? I would. I don't know. I because don't know. there was because I, I get I say that maybe because remember there used to be a stigma to that. To what? To dating online. Yeah. Oh, that was a, it was a horrible stigma well, yeah. to that in the early days. Where'd you meet? We
0: met online.
2: People would lie about it. Yeah. And now, now it's, it's. Now they're embarrassed. Now, match.com.
0: But I get, uh, I, I don't belong to any dating websites, but I, I would get emails from like, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the, the age of, prob- uh, no, 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 no. Silver no, singles? No, 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 <laughs> no, no <laughs> but close Not to Not that it. I know. No, silver. it's called. No, it's I get the
2: emails for silver singles. I
0: get the art time. Our time. our time? Our time, yes. I don't get our, our time. time. Yeah, which honestly should be renamed to, you know, your time is running out. <laughs> I, I think our be time. The, the kids are grown. Yeah. Your husband's dead. <laughs> It's our time, Betty. It's
2: <laughs> our time.
0: Yeah, that's that's marketing right there, isn't it?
1: <laughs>
0: but no, I don't. I don't think I. I could. I could. I could do it. I could do it. So aside from snakes, anything else that you're afraid of? How long have you been as QFM? That's a long time. It's a long career.
2: Snakes, QFM. I'll be uh, Labor Day. What next weekend? It'll be 29 years. 29 years, right? And you know, it's really weird about that. What's really odd about that is I did stand-up all over the country for 12, 13, 14 years, and I moved here to Columbus, and then I still was traveling out of Columbus, and then I went full-time radio. I mean, you get a health plan, you get a 401K, you you get up at 4:10 in the morning. My alarm goes off at 4:10, mm-hmm. and the idea of hanging at the Funny Bone till 11 with you—no offense, but I, I, just, I just couldn't do it. I did it. So I yeah, I know. I know. I know you did
0: it. I did it. I would hang out at the club till I 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I had
2: three little ones at home. I mean, I just. I, I couldn't if I wanted played to. Played poker We had sometimes. some of those late poker nights. Oh, yeah, the, the 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. With Yeah, Andy Man, yeah, yeah. with the Andy
0: Man from CD 101 back in but the day. But it was so
2: weird to, to go from stand-up. And it, uh, originally I thought, boy, this is, it was such an odd transition. And now I can't imagine. I It was funny. When I first got out of stand-up, whenever I would watch another stand-up, I always thought, uh, still with the comic side, stand in the back and go, oh, that's a good premise. or Oh, that, ooh, mm-hmm. that was a big lab and everything. And then, I don't know when it changed, I became the biggest fan and rooter of other comics because I've, I've been there and I have no desire mm. to get up and do it again. And it bothers people because they keep trying to get me to. I, I know. have, I've I been have one no of those desire Are you? to go hang out in a club and prepare because tonight you're going to see improv. Improv, for improv to work, and Jeff Gage, one of your guests tonight, knows this, he told me this. You have to just let it all go and then when it comes to you, express that and then that hopefully is what fu- you think funny. But these guys I get, have to have everything written down. Well, these
0: guys get a chance to write something down. They don't have to improv it. They get twenty minutes to actually oh, write okay. three to five minutes of stand up. Now will they drop some of that?
2: Do you ever go I had to be so prepared when I went on stage that I just well drop by the funny bone, do twenty minutes It's like going to the gym. If you don't go all the time, you just can't jump back in so, and do what you used to do, right? You just can't do it. And I don't want to do it and then suck because I know it won't be as good as what I used to be, so I just don't do it. So are you,
0: is that a fear to go back up on stage? That, yes, I, I, would, I would say so. Because I've yeah. been pleading not a with fear.
2: You it's like it. just not a... I don't have it in my bones. Why? You know what I mean? I only did stand-up in the old days so I wouldn't have to sell cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't like it was this burning... You know, Why? if you took all Seinfeld's money away, he
0: would still do stand up. Eh, but you could me. do it. That's You're, not me. Don't you, feel, don't you feel an obligation to the people? I do you it every change. morning
2: from 6 until 10. Eh, not really. Not really. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still write down the jokes. I still, I still write. I, I write a lot. Yeah. But I just don't have the desire. I don't want to put it. Yeah, I just don't perform anymore. Very little. For you, I will, tonight.
0: (laughs) Well, you did it. I remember one night that you did it, and we got to wrap things up and get things moving, but I remember one night, remember we both uh, opened up for Kathleen Madigan.
2: Uh, Yes, at the theater down at the uh, Rife. At the 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 Rife Rife Theater, yeah. 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 Boy, she's great.
0: And you got to admit, you enjoyed that a little bit. I did enjoy that. And I enjoyed that, too. We were both... Well, the theater gigs are
2: beautiful. Yeah, but you still did stand up and... You did great. I mean, I did it like three weeks because that was a theater. That was a beautiful.
1: Th- it's still I did people, it. man. I, it's still I, getting I, up I, and Okay, I'll be jokes. honest.
2: I did a like three weeks ago. I slipped out and did a gig where in my hometown of Detroit, and it was horrible. The club was. It was one of the, It was so bad, like Louis C.K. wouldn't even unzip there.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. It See, was bad.
0: look, the, look. Look, you're the, doing stand-up right now. You're, the, ju- you're sitting down, the, but you're doing fucking stand-up.
2: The headliner was an actual cable guy.
0: <laughs> you're killing. You're killing. <laughs> Jerry Elliott, everybody. Uh, Jerry uh, Elliott, right there.
2: That's a oh, number laugh.
1: There man. you go. All
0: right, I'm going to shut up. Ah, oh, so funny. Thank you, man, for being here. I really appreciate Uh, it. You having a good time? Absolutely. And now you can start sipping some of the old bars. Watch
2: the uh, action. Well, it's
0: time to meet our contestants for this evening, and then coming up in just a couple of minutes here, our very special comedian guest, uh, Nikki Winkleman. But it is time to introduce our competitors, the brave souls who decided to do this this evening. Um, Let's bring up our our first competitor. Uh, I call him the OG of improv in Columbus. He still teaches improv up at the Funny Bone on a regular basis and performs it whenever he can. So give a warm welcome for competitor number one, Mr. Jeff Gage, everybody. Jeff Gage. Thank you, buddy. Get right on the microphone over there for a second. Competing against Jeff Gage. No, 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 you're not, you're not. No, no, stay right there. Stay right right there.
5: I thought I had to do five minutes. No, not yet.
0: (laughs) Competing against Jeff Gage, he's a comedian, he's a filmmaker, and we'll talk about his new movie a little bit later on in the program, Family Affair, Mr. Jack Shepherd, ladies and gentlemen, right here, Jack Shepherd. All right, we dispensed with some of the formalities before the program, but we flipped the coin, and the gentlemen have now chosen uh, which premise they will receive and they'll open up their premise tonight and you'll find out what they have 20 minutes to write about. Jeff Gage, you chose I believe it was
1: premise number
0: one. Premise number one is your premise, sir. Go ahead and open that. Jack, you have premise number two so open up that premise and find out what you'll be writing about for the next uh, 20 minutes. You
5: have a $5 gift certificate to Coles.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. Oh, so, oh. That's fast food.
0: Jeff's premise will be fast food. He has 20 minutes to write about anything he wants to in respects to fast food. And Jack Shepherd, your premise is? Texting. Texting, all right. (laughs) Texting. So 20 minutes to go to that table over there. There are pads of paper and number two pencils. In 20 minutes, it will be pencils down. Um, You can fight over the bottle of water and the donut. I don't know if they can get a little more light over there, but uh, I think they can see what they're doing. So give them a round of applause, folks, right there. 20 minutes to come up with three to five minutes of stand-up material for the premises of fast food and texting. So good luck, boys, good luck. Set the timer, off they go. Are you ready to bring up our special guest comedian, yes? This lovely, lovely lady can be seen right here at Shadowbox, usually on Tuesday nights. Uh, In fact, we're gobbling up their Tuesday night this evening with a show called Mac and Winks. We're Tuesdays here at Shadowbox. I've had the pleasure of working with her uh, on the Great Debate, which we do every year, uh, a fundraiser um, that uh, takes place up in Hilliard, uh, Ohio State versus Michigan. And that's where where she became my... My my faux daughter, if you will, and I'm thrilled that she's here tonight to perform for you. And we'll chat with her a little bit later. But please give it up for the lovely and talented Nikki Winkleman, everybody. Nikki Winkleman.
3: Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's, that's right. My name is Nikki Winkleman. Very excited to be here. I'm a mom. Cool, some other parents in the audience, nice, nice. I have a uh, 17-month-old at home. Uh, For those of you who aren't parents, uh, that is one in years. Uh, Almost one and a half. I don't know how long I have to say the half. I don't tell anybody I'm 34 and a half. Uh, I tell them I'm 28. but yeah, he's 17 months. Uh, when, when your kids are that young, you count everything in months. Uh, when you're pregnant, you count everything in weeks. And when you're in prison, you count down the days.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I did not enjoy counting down the weeks of pregnancy. I hated pregnancy. It was not fun. Uh, Yeah, but I love, I do love my baby. He was definitely, uh, definitely worth that uh, 40 weeks of comparing my body to fruits and vegetables inside of it. Um. (laughs) I got a baby and a boyfriend. Yeah. Sounds like I'm a single mom is doing well, right? You're like, oh, you got a baby and a boyfriend. Good for you. Does your boyfriend like your baby? like, I hope so, it's his baby. <laughs> you are like, oh, I thought it was your baby. I'm like, it's our baby. We made the baby together. I won't describe to you how. <laughs> we made the baby together. I'm the mom, he's the dad, it's our baby. We're just not married. Oh. I'm like, listen, it's 2019. I'm not the weirdest person you're gonna meet today. <laughs> we're not married. Uh, we're not getting married because I am not interested in being anybody's third wife. Um, You don't have to know him to know that's funny, okay? (laughs) Uh, This is true, he's been married twice before. His wives' names were Kim and Sarah, and when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, hey babe, if it's twin girls, let's name them Kim and Sarah. (laughs) Because you said forever. Those are their actual names, too. I love saying them on stage, and now they're on a podcast. So, congratulations, Kim and Sarah. I won, though, because I will never have to divorce him. We're not getting married. We're not, I, I'm totally fine with it. I'm not, I'm honestly not into the marriage thing, but it is weird calling him my boyfriend because it sounds really juvenile. Like I don't have a better word for it. Like boyfriend sounds something like something you call somebody that you like hold hands with and go to a football game and share a milkshake. and <laughs> We share a mortgage, so. <laughs> It's a little bit more serious than that, but I don't have a good word for it. He, he has it easy, he calls me his lady. He's like, this is my lady. But like the revor- <laughs> reverse doesn't work for me. I can't be like, this is my lord. <laughs> Praise be to my lord. All hail the lord of me. It's the wrong direction for society. Um, I'm just gonna lean into it, though. I'm just gonna call him my lord. I'm just gonna do it. Uh, I gained a holiday when I became a mother. Uh, Mother's Day now applies to me, that's cool. Um, it, uh, there's a couple things you can do to gain a holiday. You could like adopt a new faith or become a groundhog. Uh, <laughs> I gave birth, that seemed er- easier. Uh, it was not. Uh, next time I'll just become a groundhog. <laughs> Like, I already got Mother's Day. I don't need to do it again. <laughs> How do I get Flag Day? I'll become a flag. It's weird. Um, but my Lord wanted to make Mother's Day. Uh, he wanted to make my first Mother's Day very special, so he got me uh, a gift certificate to a spa, which was nice, right? Ladies like a spa day, right? Yeah. It's nice. Uh, gentlemen, be, uh, be cautious what kind of spa day you get for your lady. Um, I looked at the items on there. Uh, first item, relaxing foot massage. Ooh, that sounds nice, okay. Uh, item number two, eyebrow wax. <laughs> uh, item number three, lip wax. <laughs> We're now at 66% hair removal. Item number four, bikini wax. Cool, I just gave birth, that'll be fun. And then the last item said buttocks wax, and then with an asterisk it said optional. I was like, I'm sorry, was the rest of this hair removal mandatory? I thought a spa day was supposed to make me feel pampered, this just makes me feel like Sasquatch. I would like cucumbers on my eyes, not wax in my crack. I didn't go. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going. He said, well, then I didn't get you anything. And I was like, baby, I'm a stand-up comedian. You just gave me a whole lot. (laughs) He's here tonight, too. So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be here, I'm happy to be here at all. Uh, I, in 2014, I got hit by a car, and not in a car, on my person. I was in a crosswalk, uh, walking across the street with a walk signal, and a lady ran through the red light and hit me at 35 miles an hour. Yeah, that's a true story, I flew all the way over the vehicle, I landed in the street, I broke my leg, broke a bone in my back, but I'm here now, <laughs> yes, thank you. I watch enough professional wrestling, I know how to take a fall. (laughs) What happens when you have an accident like that? They call an ambulance, they put you on a stretcher. Anybody here been put on a stretcher? Yeah, not fun, right? You're already broken, and then they strap you down with nothing loose but your arms. You're like, cool, this feels better. As soon as they strap me down with nothing loose but my arms under the stretcher, I had the urge to give a thumbs up. Like, I'm the MVP of getting hit by cars. Like, I'll be back in the next quarter. Go team. And then they put you in the ambulance, and the paramedics started asking me questions to see if I was concussed, and I was indeed concussed, so that was a fun quiz. Uh, They asked me my name. Somehow I got that right. Uh, They asked me... Uh, my address, I struggled a little bit, but I nailed it. And then uh, then they asked me my phone number, and I was like, I don't remember my phone number. And then they were like, what month is it? And I was like, I give up. <laughs> Quiz over. <laughs> Do I get extra credit if I give you my mother's phone number? <laughs> Which I then gave to them, because for some reason I was like, oh, I remember a phone number. It's my mom's, please call her, I'm hurting. (laughs) Now that I'm a mom myself, I know that um, that's a call you never want to get as a parent. No matter how old your kid is, you don't want to get that call. And uh, so they called her, and I'm an adult, so they couldn't tell her a whole lot. They said, she's been in an accident, she's going down to this hospital. So she goes down there and she waits for me. Um, And by the way, I kept it together pretty well throughout this whole ordeal. Um, I did not cry when I got hit, I did not cry uh, when they put me on the stretcher, and I did not cry during the quiz, Um, (laughs) but they get me in the emergency room and they start to cut off my clothes. They do that in case your bones are broken, they don't want to take off your clothes, they have to cut them off, and that was my breaking point. I was like, no, this is my favorite orange blazer. My bones will heal, but no tailor can repair <laughs> what I have <you've> just done. <laughs> so, that <was> it. <laughs> my mom's been waiting this whole time to do a bunch of tests. Finally, they wheel me down the hallway. She's been, wheeling, she's been waiting for like an hour, and they wheel me down. I'm still on the stretcher. And she sees me, and she peers over the stretcher, and she goes, oh, my God, your face. I was so worried you wouldn't have a face. (laughs) Like that's what she's been picturing this whole time. But they'd already given me a bunch of codeine and I'm an asshole, so I was like, mom, pretty sure when you get hit by a car it's your shoes that fly off, not your face. Thank you guys very much, I'm Nikki Winkleman.
1: Nikki Winkleman!
0: (laughs) Ah. So funny. I mean, you're not just a funny lady. You're a funny person. Do you do you hate that distinction between male and female comedians? And when people say you're a funny female comic, no, or you're being called female. a comic? I yeah. mean,
3: I am female. Yes, you I, are. You are. So I mean, I've and I've been doing comedy for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm I'll be 35 this year. I started when I was 19. So I'm not good at math, but I assume everyone else here is. Um, <laughs> So I've been doing it for a while and I, uh, but there's a lot of younger comedians in the community and, and, and there's like a wokeness now that oh. I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> like, and the, the women are very, uh, they're very proud of being female, which is great, I'm very proud of being female as well, but they, they don't, uh, sometimes don't like that distinction. They're like, I don't like being put on the show just because the show needs a female. And I'm like, I'll take any booking I can get. Right. And like, <laughs> you need a lady, I'm a lady.
0: I mean, aside from the obvious things that have changed in your life, you yeah. have, a, have a new baby and I so do. forth and so forth, how do you think your stand-up has changed from the time you were 19? What were you talking about at 19 oh my God. that you're not talking about at 34? Same
2: oh. boyfriend.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, there's. What was going on in your 19-year-old of...
0: mind that possessed you to come up on stage and, st- and tell jokes?
3: I don't know. I, I, I was doing... Uh, jokes about um disney porn and
0: <laughs> disney disney porn I,
3: disney porn yeah. and i still do some of those jokes i'm so embarrassed that i do still some of the same jokes i did in my very first set
0: jerry and i will tell you that you know everybody thinks that that it takes a long time to get a really good joke and one Absolutely. and one that yeah. you love yeah. and, and, if, and if it does stand the test of time Who's to say you still can't do it? And when
2: you're traveling, nobody's heard it. You're in a different right. city. Right. Exactly. You can get a few years out of a good joke. Yeah. But if
0: you're yeah. local, yeah, it's tough. But as you get as you get older and start to experience more in life, do you find that your stand up is transitioning to into that? Like, oh, Like you, yeah. you talked about the accent, you talked about you know, the baby. And right. You, so, do you find that that's where you're drawing most of your humor from now?
3: Yes. I, I definitely get most of my jokes from my life experience. I feel like that's the easiest way to avoid any like uh, parallel creativity where somebody else sure. writes the same joke. It still happened to me um, where somebody has a joke that's very similar to mine, but like if I'm writing about my life, that's that's mine. If I watch something on TV, somebody could have the same thought, but if, if somebody watches the same Disney porn that I... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They could uh, rewrite I, 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 the same gotta, Little Mermaid song.
0: I got. I got to ask. What, yeah. what. What was some. What was the joke about the Disney porn? Because it, I, I, I. don't. I'm trying to see how those two worlds have come together. And how did you. How did you put that together?
3: I love Disney and porn. Uh,
0: you do love porn.
3: I not as much anymore. Cause. cause of the wokeness. You know. I got I got am oh. like all oh, these women. Maybe are being forced into a situation they don't like, and that ruined it. which is a bummer. Um, but
2: deep down, you still love uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm
3: like, these two are married and they only make porn with each other. That's a, <laughs> yeah, so, that's
0: a so how did the two come together for a joke, Disney and porn?
3: Uh, well, it kind of ca- came from that I think Little Mermaid is already a porn. Because uh, like, the priest gets an erection and <laughs> there's a dildo in the castle. What? Yeah, everything's better down where it's wetter under the sea. This, uh, a, uh, 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 this is a song I've, sung uh, to you uh, by uh. a crab, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
0: <I'm just> <laughs> so dare I even ask about Beauty and the Beast.
3: Booty and the Beast. Booty and I mean, the, the
0: Beast. Comes, so. uh, do you like whiskey, by the way?
3: I do. Uh, uh, would you I like t- some tonight? I, sure. I will t- I'll take a taste. Take a taste. I don't ta- drink that often anymore. Why? Because uh, I I suffer from chronic daily headaches, which you would think then I should just drink, because if I'm going to wake up with a headache anyway, why yeah, not get Yeah. You might as well. <laughs> but th- my doctor says it's better if I don't, but cheers to my doctor. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know what? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, You need a new physician. Right. right uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a do- number.
3: Dr. Dino. <laughs> yeah.
0: Th- hey, you know?
2: <laughs> Dr. Dino, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I that's think nice. I think you, know what, you yeah, like that. Nice. Yeah, and I like you, well, you, you, I
3: haven't had a drink in a while, so. <laughs> you probably could have given me what's the high 10 and I'm like, "Oh, that's very no, nice." No, the 10 high, 10, high, a, high, whatever, 10 yeah. high.
0: Which by the sure, way, yeah. this is uh this is 24.95 a bottle if you were to buy it in Kentucky. Jack Daniel's is about 23.95. This was 10.49. Oh
3: my god. <laughs>
0: Which I think is wrong if it's ten high, it should be ten bucks or under, so
3: right.
0: Right, uh, to, yeah, so I guess the forty nine cents is the high part. high part of it, right I mean, yeah. if you're going to get technical about it and so forth what do you do you, but you you don't drink whiskey, but do you like to imbibe in general or just, uh no, I you, mean
3: I stay relatively sober so i d- I had a drug problem when I was younger, yeah, so i became i got what was, i what got was so, it? so uh Everything. <laughs> um, I mean, I tried a little bit of everything, you know. Uh, I was a girl, so whatever they would hand to me for free. Um, do
2: you do that in your act today? Have talk you come about to it? terms with it yet? Yeah. you are doing material? I do wow.
3: some material That's on it, good. yeah. And I, I was sober from everything for about three years, yeah. and then I started <laughs> dipping my toe back into cocaine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I started I, I started well, trying to drink <laughs> again. You got like, the yeah. dip
0: part of it right. <laughs> but,
3: uh, no, I... Uh, <laughs> I started to drink again just socially until I felt like I had a handle on that. But I have been sober from drugs for over 10 years. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Yeah.
5: that's great. That's great. That's great. great. great.
3: Yeah.
0: What
5: about
2: you, Elliot?
0: Have you ever. uh, We all did it in the 80s. (laughs) Yeah. I, I never did cocaine, believe it or not. Really? Never did cocaine ever. I saw too many, especially uh, in, in the comedy world. A lot of guys world. derailed. A lot and, of guys and, and gals derailed and, on it. And uh, I would see too many not-success stories right. when I was coming up right. in the ranks as a comedian. I would see both feature acts and headliners who were just yeah. becoming slaves to it. And I yeah, remember one insidious. comic in particular when crack cocaine oh, came out. I've never i remember done that. I've I remember traveling like to downtown Baltimore with the headliner so he could buy some crack. and I, and, and, and I just felt obligated to go with him because I thought this this son of a bitch is gonna die if yeah. he doesn't have somebody backing yeah. him up. But I actually went downtown Baltimore while he bought crack, came back to the condo, did crack. Wow. And then did his show that weekend. Wow. But yeah, I was just like, no, never did the yeah. never did the crack, never did the cocaine, did
3: I never did anything through a needle because I'm afraid of needles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's your yeah, fear. That's my, yeah. Well,
3: I have a number of fears. I'm just afraid of everything. Yeah, uh, that, that was my, that <laughs> was my, my well, that question. That makes it easy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why yeah. I did drugs. But What is your, yeah. what is your
0: you know, if, if someone said, what are you afraid of? And asked you real quick, what would be the first thing that popped in your mind?
3: Um, needles is up there. Needles is up yeah. there? Yeah, I gave birth without an epidural because I'm afraid of needles. Because Really? Yeah. yeah. You went that's a the dumb reason. The, well... <laughs> Was,
0: was, there, was, a guy, was there a part of you that wanted to experience the, the joy no. and pain of childbirth, or you were just really afraid of needles? No.
1: No.
3: There, well, they, the other part of it was because I had been a drug addict, and my, my, the big one for me was prescription painkillers. I abused pres- prescription painkillers quite a bit. And so I was worried about getting back into that place mentally and not being in control. So, like, we, I did a birthing class. Those are horrifying. LAUGHTER um, And they told us in the birthing class they're like if you do the epidural there's a possibility you you know you you won't be able to you won't feel your contractions but you probably won't feel like your legs or part of your body and i was like no i don't want that i I wanted to have control i was more afraid of losing control than i was afraid of the pain wow yeah
0: it's interesting that i've known you for how many years now
3: oh gosh i don't know about
0: five six yeah yeah five six seven years didn't know this part about you at all. Really? You, my faux daughter. Oh, yeah. You would think I would have known that my faux daughter had a had a drug problem at one you're point
1: You're so out in of touch,
2: life. Dino. I know. You really, you're Just, never home. I, I'm like a but real parent. never home. I'm like a real parent. I don't uh, know that my kid has a drug she's problem. at all hours of the night. Oh, you, you don't, don't know. know.
0: Let, let me ask you one more one more question or, or two before we, because uh, I think we're getting close to these boys getting wrapped up and ready to perform. Okay. What scares you the most being a mom?
3: Oh, gosh. Um... Well, so when your baby is first born, uh, humans are are like the worst. The, human babies are so fragile. They can die from anything. Like, it's like, don't lay them down on their tummy. They could die. Like, <laughs> don't shake them. They'll die. Like, you can't do anything with it. So I was like,
0: <laughs> you can't do anything, can't with, do it. anything with it. You can't do anything with it. With it, You can't do anything with it.
3: Don't breastfeed them too close to your boob because they'll suffocate. Like, it's everything. They're like, they warn you. They made us watch a fucking video before we left the hospital of like, here's all the ways your baby could die. Good luck. Like, <laughs> and they send you home like, oh my God. So I was very afraid of that for a very long time. I only just now started letting my kids sleep with a blanket. He's, he's almost a year and a half, and I was, like, so worried about, like, SIDS or suffocation that I was, like, no blankets. <laughs> like, he had to wear this sleep sack until his legs were, like, so long that they were, like, scrunched up in the sleep sack.
1: <laughs>
3: and my lord's, like, let him out of the bag.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, oh, well, I'm I'm
1: the everybody. The right there,
0: Nicky Winkleman. Oh, Come I on, I hear it. I hear the buzzer. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. I I hope you had some fun tonight, and I'm I'm glad we got to do this. And uh, uh, are you are you part of the Great Debate this year?
3: Yes. Yes, I am.
0: Nikki and I will be doing the Great Debate uh, coming up in November. Like I said, it's it's the uh, fundraiser, the OSU comedy team versus the Michigan comedy team. We've been doing that for the last four or five years together. Yeah. And that's where the whole faux daughter right. uh, came about. You mistook
3: me for another Winkleman. I
0: did. I did <laughs> mistake you for another Winkleman. Who, and I, who
3: then we discussed was not my mother. Yeah,
0: was not. Uh, and there was great relief in yeah. the room.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, look at us, though. Yeah, kind
1: of sort of, right, yeah, I mean, yeah. it,
0: it could be. It could be. Well, you're my faux daughter, but if you were if you're my real daughter, I'd be nothing but proud of you, so thank you for oh, being this, you. you're welcome. Oh, Congratulations. Nice. Uh, uh, Nikki Winkleman, right there, folks. All right, let me put the microphone down. Are you ready to bring up our contestants, yes? Please welcome back to the stage, Jack Shepard and Jeff Gage. They've had 20 minutes. All right, we go back to the actual coin toss. This one we do live for you folks. Uh, I believe that Jack got the call it last time. So, Jeffrey, you get to call the toss this time. Whoever wins the toss gets to decide if they're going first or second. Uh, it's heads or tails, so Jeff, call it. It is heads. You lose. Jack Shepherd. First or second tonight? I'll go first. I'm right here. Oh, oh. Go ahead with twenty minutes with twenty minutes to write three to five minutes to stand up with his premise of texting. Everybody give it up for Jack Shepherd.
4: <laughs> How y'all doing? Well, uh, this is pretty much an impossible fucking thing to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Here we go. We're going to do it anyway. First of all, let me say something. I am 44 years old. I'm about to be 45 next month, and what I've learned is texting is a young person's game. It is not meant, no, no, seriously, it's not meant for your parents. My mom thought LOL meant lots of love. So when she called me and said, hey, you know, she texted me, hey, your grandma died, LOL. I'm like, God damn it. You use that wrong, Mom. You know? Now, we've gotten to a point now where everybody's texting everybody. I even lost a relationship based on texting. I'm down in Miami doing a show, and I text the girls, hey, miss you, love you, wish you were here. Well, when it came through, it said, I wish you were her. So that pretty much ended that shit right there. <laughs> you know, it's cool, it's cool. And I know, let me tell y'all something, ladies. Ladies, I know now everybody's getting into this thing where now they're sending dick pics and stuff like that. I'll tell you right now, I will never do anything like that. That is not right. And it, it, as a man, I think, as me, I cannot be, to, to damn it, to take all the data out of your phone. That is just not fucking right. (laughs) However, on a personal note about myself, I am happily divorced. I am happily divorced, man. It's good. No, it's good. It's good. You know, um, I think the problem is with marriage, ladies, y'all change. Y'all really do. Y'all change. I mean, I went out with this woman about... I don't know how many times we went out. She went to Red Lobster. Every time she had extra cheddar baked biscuits, every motherfucking time. Then we get back to her house. She's like, I just want you to hold me. Just hold me. You know what you do, guys? Do just that. Hold her. Next day, you get your ass up. You take her to the mall. You want those shoes? Get those shoes in every color. You want that blouse? Hey, get her that blouse, that blouse, and that blouse. She's like, oh, God, I'm ready to check out. Oh, we ain't checking out. No, we're going to just... Hold this shit and not get it like last night. So I'm divorced. And, um, you know, that's why it happens. But I saw this up here talking about porn. That was very interesting. You know, because you talked about Disney porn. I thought that was really interesting because, you know, Mickey and Minnie are getting the divorce. Yeah. Turns out she's fucking goofy. Just had to say it, had to say it. But no, I like porn, I like porn. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna get out of here. I like porn, I do. Um, I will be honest, I like porn to a point where I, white folks, I love y'all's porn better than black people's porn. Only because white people, y'all do porno with a plot. Okay, it's like, it's, it's well acted out shit, you know? It's always somebody acting and talking and shit. Not so much in black porn, you know? I watched the white porn. It was so good, I forgot to jack off. Like, this is real. <laughs> oh, shit, I hope she don't die. We can make a sequel off this bitch. Watch this. It's going to be good. There's going to be a trilogy on this one. You got to watch this one. I used to go to that lion's den. I, I, I stopped going to lion's den because I walked in there one day. I saw a guy buy a blow-up doll. Fucked me up. Because the, what, the, what fucked me up was, my thought was, are you talking to this bitch like she's real? I mean, you have to. You just spent all this money. You know, you can't tell me that somebody in America right now, like this. (laughs) Yo, what's up, girl? (laughs) I mean, I knew you was gonna be fine when I opened up the box, you know what I'm saying? You got that soft baby skin. You got a sexy motherfucking smile, too. Hey, that's my time. <laughs> right. Jack
0: Shepard, everybody. Put it right back in the microphone stand over there. Yeah. Jack Shepard. No, man, come over here. and Have a seat for a second. Right there. We'll sit tight. And we'll keep it going. You guys were entertained by Mr. Shepard. And now, with having 20 minutes to write three to five minutes of stand-up material with the simple premise of fast food, give just as warm a reception for Jeff Gage.
5: My topic was fast food, so I want to talk about porn too. <laughs> hey, while we're on the subject, ah, <laughs> uh, no, but I. So I actually tried to write some stupid shit about fast food, which, after all, isn't fast food stupid shit, anyways. Um. And f- how did it even get the name fast food? When's the last time you went through a drive-thru and went, wow, these guys are really on the ball here. <laughs> are they training to be NASCAR uh, cockpit crew? Or what? The- and what's the deal? It-, it sucks if you go through the drive-thru uh, with fast food, and it sucks even worse if you go inside. because. Uh, Uh, I think there's a a law, a federal law, that says you can only hire people with absolutely no personality, (laughs) right? Is it me or is everybody in there just fucking stupid, right? (laughs) I stopped eating fast food. I actually, I used to be really fat, um, and I lost about uh, 80 pounds, and uh, I was so fat, and I blame fast food. Yeah, no, I blame fast food because I take no responsibility for anything in my life. Um, that's like a heroin addict saying, I blame heroin. It's like, you know, uh, just stop taking heroin. That's how you stop. So, but, uh, and th- the thing is, uh, I know how to eat better now. I try to eat healthier. Actually, there's a lady here who owns a, a great restaurant called Porsche's. I'm going to give you a plug. It's organic, vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, and everything's delicious, so check it out. Um, They have two locations, and I I get a free cheesecake next time I'm there for the plug. It's much better than the shitty fast food that I'm talking about. But... uh, The thing is, like, now I have, you know, my, I'm at that age, too, where you start to pay attention to what you eat, you know, because you try to be healthier as you get older, you know, everybody except for Dino. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you try to take care of yourself, and and if you tell somebody, oh, yeah, I ate uh, fast food the other day, you you have these, like, food critics or food snobs who, like, ooh, you eat that, you put that poison in your body, it's like, yeah, what am I supposed to do with it? You know, it's a. Um, let's see. What, oh, where was the punchline to that one? That was the setup. I had a setup. Oh, yeah, they treat you like you were Jeffrey Epstein's assistant. Uh, I didn't procure teenage prostitutes. I just ate a Big Mac. Um, uh, Let's see, what else? Southern style equals deep fried anything. What, what, What is it with people in the fucking South and frying shit in oil, right? Anyways. I only had 20 minutes, folks. You try doing this. I've got a lot of stuff here like that, like the start of a premise. Uh, oh yeah, I've been eating healthy so long, now that I, if I eat fast food, I actually you know get sick to my stomach. I feel all queasy, and it's not from the fast food, it's from the guilt. <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, speaking of porn, That's my time. That's all I got. I Jeff
0: Gage, everybody. I'll
5: take that cheap bottle Bring that
0: microphone over with you, Jeff. What? Bring that mic over with you. Jack, grab that mic over there. And have a seat, Jack, gentlemen. You guys, Just bring your, your chairs mic. around. Bring your chairs around. Let's make it all comfy cozy. Bring them around oh, here. You got it. So we can uh, all chat together. All right, folks. Nice round of applause for Jeff Gage and Jack Shepard. All right. Oh, thanks. Who really... Every time, you, you know, it, it's, only, it's only been two times now, but the, the fact that I've gotten four people to actually take that task, you said it's impossible shit. To, but, but no, you both did very well. Uh, we're going to chat about the, the, last ten, the last ten minutes that we've seen up here uh, amongst ourselves. How would you think of the whole experience to begin with?
4: Um, like I said, I'm not saying it's impossible, but like we were sitting over there talking, like literally they just – you said fuck the competition. Just let me and him go together and bounce off each other. It'll sure. be some funny shit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's not that it wasn't funny. But you know, but I think y'all got a good show for you know. Which pay I mean, for,
0: they're know. aware. You're
4: you're aware of yeah, the
0: challenge. It's yeah, it's a very
2: yeah. hard yeah, yeah, challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't want just, the funny shit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Drink up. It gets funnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: No, but I I think no. It's actually it's actually a good way to. I think it's a good way to, if you're starting out comedy, everything, I think it's a very good way to get a started. So
0: yeah. do you think uh, down the line when we continue to do more of the premise, you think we should get some maybe some open micers that have never actually had the opportunity to perform on a regular basis? It'd be basis? too
4: much for an open mic. Too much pressure. Y'all, y'all yeah. will be sitting here like this. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought it was interesting what you said about doing it together. Maybe you could get a, like a, that's a, sketch, a sketch writer to write a sketch. Maybe like stage. Nikki, Jimmy <laughs> <laughs>
0: like Nikki Winkleman, maybe
3: possibly, no, no, perhaps. No,
0: maybe Jimmy. <laughs> All right, no. but I, I want to toss it over to Jeff for a second. I found that you know when we were talking off stage before we started, like I have not been in you know doing stand up as it were for quite some time. But I thought you did a hell of a job with what you had to take oh, it. Yeah, yeah. There, right.
5: Um, I mean, I, I'm used to doing improv, with, doing sketch with other people on stage. So and that, did you find that,
0: that some of your improv skills came into play tonight?
5: You kind of get into it. Well, you have to kind of do a stream of consciousness thing. Because uh, stand-up's about writing the joke, right? It's about finding the timing. And it takes you, like you said, like Jerry, you guys, I heard you guys talking yeah. earlier about it takes you a long time to get a set together. Mm-hmm. To, to the way you want it, you know, yeah. to write a joke and to find a tagline and a callback and all the things that to, makes a good stand-up set. There so is, it's difficult to just take a premise and just run with it. And, and, and uh, I appreciate it, the and, fact that you yeah. both
0: uh, were so generous with your time and your talents to actually do this tonight because it's not an easy thing to do. No, now, Jack, you've been doing stand-up since you were how old? 13. 13 years old. Wow. Yeah, 13 yeah. years of Eighth age. Big
4: great talent show.
0: Did you win?
1: Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you remember one of the jokes from the eighth grade
4: talent show? Um, yes, I do. Actually,
1: was it
0: the Mickey and Minnie joke? No. no.
1: no.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, no. Um, you gotta understand the the fact that you were doing jokes that were risky. In eighth great. a risky joke would be talking about a male hairdresser, which you know what you were saying, but you couldn't say homosexual or anything like that but when you acted it out the audience thought oh god he's so funny but it really wasn't that funny it was just the fact that you're you're 13 and you're making a joke about something that we're not allowed to talk about
0: were you were were you working blue in the eighth grade
4: yes i was (laughs) (laughs) hey hey i'm a product of eddie murphy i'm an eddie murphy Uh, product yeah so
0: no so that would be one of your influences right oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah and uh now in addition to uh, stand-up comedy. You're also a filmmaker. That's uh, right. Yeah, I want to mention the fact. Well, first of all, he's got this. He's got this yes. for sale. Yes, yes. Let live,
4: me, Jack Shepard. Yes, it's it's it's, it's called. Oh uh, no, it's not. It's called. You gotta read. Oh, I didn't the read fine the fine print. print.
0: It says Jack Live Matters. Oh, Jack Live Matters. Okay. Yeah, 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 I get so it. So you can I get, get it. it. Get it. Like I get it. It's a spin I get on it. the yeah. anyway, <laughs> So, yeah,
4: I read. <laughs> but, I read. I but, read, but, read the papers. But but but. But seriously, in all fairness, um, if you buy one of these at night, all proceeds go to help the United Negro College Fund. So I appreciate if y'all pick up one of these. Where was that wait, wait, was wait, that? wait, 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 wait. Not the United Negro College but <laughs> The Negroes that live in my house. I'm trying to send their black ass to school. If you buy one of these, you can help them get there. That's what I'm saying. So, Where did you uh, record that at live? I recorded that at the, the King Center. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. So this is available yeah. after
0: the show, and also you just uh, just got a distribution deal for your new feature film, yes. Family Affair.
4: Yeah, my new movie, uh, Family Affair. Uh, we shot it last summer, and I just got a distribution deal a week ago for it, and um, and it's got Urban Home Entertainment. It'll be on Tubi TV, Amazon Prime, Redbox. Uh, I think they're going to have it at Target and Walmart, even all that stuff. Um, the premise of the movie is. I own a cemetery, and I don't have time for relationships because I'm all, you know, business never dies there. And I'm basically, anyways, but um, what happens is my dysfunctional deceased family members come back as ghosts to help me get the right girls. Oh, okay. However, they died in different time periods. So everybody has a different way. When well, your uncle's a pimp from the 70s, and your cousin's a rapper from the 80s, they have one's got you break dancing. One of them's got you talking. Like, hey, girl, let me holler at you for a minute. You know, it's just it's just it's all silly stuff, but it has a good point to it at the end of it. So how come I didn't get a, a call to audition for that film? Uh, because <laughs> you because, <a> <laughs> because because you you lost track of me. Oh. after after we did that Mountain Dews challenge thing at the Funny Bone. But what, what damn, I was 30 then. And then you finally friended me on Facebook when you want me to do this. I didn't. uh, uh, See how it works? That's how it is.
3: Wait a minute. Do you know you're on Facebook?
0: No, I'm not. Whiskey Business is on Facebook. I refuse to be on Facebook. I'm on
3: MySpace.
0: (laughs) Where you can see pictures of Jerry jogging in Florida. That's why they got rid of it. Uh, so check out Jack Shepard stuff. And Jeff Gage, you're still, man, you are still yeah. passing on the gift of improv to people.
5: Yeah, yeah, I still teach the classes at the, at the Funny Bone. Uh, we have classes coming up in September. If anybody's interested, see me after the show. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, and there's a group here that performs hashtag uh, on this very stage. Right? Are they are they still here?
3: Yeah, they're, they're here out? on Wednesdays.
5: Yeah. I, uh, Wednesday. I no, on Wednesday nights. I and mentioned
1: uh,
0: last show. I had the pleasure of being one of the guest performers on hashtag because I actually started okay. improv with you
2: That's with right. comedy sports. That's right. Years way ago, way back in the and day. Anyway,
5: I know Jerry. We met Jerry back in the old days. You were. Days.
2: I was always safe on stage with you because you were so good. You could. Bring the person that didn't know what they were doing along with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You were yeah, very right. good. It, whenever you were on stage, I was okay with being right? on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah you feel yeah.
0: You, you feel comfortable you very, when you know somebody. You you do. You exude that that confidence and, and you make people feel safe, which is part
5: which is part of what the improv skill set is about. It's, it is, and that's the skill of a good serial killer too. It wasn't so a said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> noted, uh, noted, let me make a note let me make a note let and them feel
4: safe And I'll <laughs> yes Clarice and get in you, the car
1: send Where's that the memo the Papa to me beans me And <laughs> I need uh, and more also, things
3: to be afraid of what's that? I need more things to be afraid of <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm write
5: that <laughs> yeah, down I'm talking about fears and
0: uh, Jeff sells houses too let's, oh, not,
2: that's forget right. that. let's not forget yeah, that that's and, right. you're anybody you're
5: looking to buy or sell a home no, now's no, the time no. to do it, see me after the show
4: you're already getting a free cheesecake, for Christ's sake. Uh, that's hey. right. I'm getting a cheesecake. <laughs> hey, he's a struggling a- comic like we all are, yeah. so yeah, you make it, You got to make yeah. it. Looking for it,
0: the swag. But you, you, may, you bring up a good point, struggling comic. Don't you feel that no matter what we do uh, comedically, artistically, no matter what the successes may be over the course of the years, do you still all of, all of us, even radio now, Jerry, and, and, and when you do have that opportunity, like you said, you performed up in Detroit, and, and you, Nikki, you've been doing it since you're 19 years old, and I've been doing it since 19. this is I think this is actually my thirtieth year if you actually count
4: it's your bicentennial uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're,
0: we're going to donate to that fund really yeah, soon right. Here we are. we're going we're to we're donate to that fund so you can work on the <laughs> math. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> and, not mine, is my kids. <laughs> and, and Gage, man, back going back from the, the comedy sports and the MCTD days. Oh God, yeah, I mean, do you, but do you still, no matter how successful things get on any basis, do we all just occasionally still feel that struggle? And is uh, it, is isn't it kind I, of an I,
4: interesting thing? I do. I do. Um, because it's like the comedy game, and I'm sure y'all will all agree, it changes like a motherfucker. I mean, it was a time where you went to the club, you worked on material, mm-hmm. and you got promoted, you moved up, you moved up, you moved up. Now, they have this new thing called, uh, I, I call them social medians. Social medians, that's a, good, that's a great term. Basically, that's a great term. Yeah, Basically, they say some funny shit on the Facebook and they got so many followers, now they're headlining clubs. It's like, what the fuck? I busted my ass all these years to headline and you said some funny shit at your mama's cookout and now all of a sudden you're a headliner? <laughs> That's some bullshit. Yeah, that's true. The YouTubers, that's true. The YouTuber, yeah, and the yeah. funny thing about the it powers. is, the yeah. funny thing about it is, they don't—they're not really fucking funny. And what happens, <laughs> what happens is this: they surround themselves with up-and-coming younger comedians who are actually doing it the right way, and they'll set themselves back, and they'll put them up front, and they'll do about 10, 15 minutes piece. They'll come out there and say the shit they said at the cookout, and all of a sudden you saw a show, but. They weren't the one that you saw. You saw the up-and-coming comic.
0: I was, uh, uh, and this will be a blatant plug for, for Whiskey Business, but uh, uh, on the current installment of Whiskey Business, comedian Mike Larson, Mike Larson who's been around forever, um, worked on the Drew Carey show, Ellen show, but he was talking of, about that that very fact, mm-hmm. that he actually featured for a YouTube act, and when he got off stage, the YouTube act was panicked.
4: Oh hell yeah. Because
0: Larson was they so funny. Yeah. Larson I didn't I didn't I didn't realize you were gonna be that funny. And guys like you and Jeff and, and, and Nikki and the although there's been the business, we have no we just we know what we're supposed to do when we get up on stage. We're supposed right. to deliver fifteen to twenty minutes of funny. And if you can't follow it,
4: then maybe My give a fuck is busted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, care what yeah. you about to catch hail.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, though, the owners only want the asses in the seat. They that's want the right. asses in the seat. They're not getting paid. They're not getting a dollar for every laugh. They're getting paid for every ass in the and seat. And that right. is what has and changed since yeah, I started.
4: Yeah. I first, let me tell you the truth. I first saw this guy at age 16 when I snuck into the funny bone. Uh, I had eyeliner on as a mustache and all that. And he was an opening act. So that mm-hmm. shows you. But at that time. You could have went up there with five minutes of stuff and done this and that and tried to be a, a feature actor and all that. You could have done it.
0: Could mm-hmm. Yeah, you could. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's how it worked. You know, you you opened no, up. No, I'm
4: saying you opened up and you w- built yourself up. But these guys, they've got maybe five, ten minutes and they're headliners. Oh, I
1: see. No, 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 no. I, had, had, to I, I had, had to earn it. I had to earn it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I had to kill as an opening act. I had to kill as a feature act and make it, make it be no choice for a club owner to say he's too strong as a feature. And, and I'm, not, and I'm not
4: kissing your ass, but literally, at 16, I sat there like, this fucking headliner cannot follow the opening act. You killed the no, headliner. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> you killed that. the
0: headliner.
4: Thank and I was like, damn. That
0: was a long time ago, son, oh, a long well, time ago. Hey, yeah, well, look at your uh, led you. You gotta We do, got to uh, start wrapping things up. How about one more round of applause for Jack Shepard right here, because now you got to vote, people. And Jeff Gage right there. So, gentlemen, I'm going to ask you to take up and take your bows. We're going to vote now. The audience has a say in what this is. Uh, uh, first of all, nice round of applause for both of them for doing what they did. Good stuff. Okay. Don't forget, to support
4: the Negro College Fund on your way out. Your <laughs> and all Jeff,
5: right, so Jeff Gage, Keller Williams, uh, Greater Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> I sell homes all throughout the city. All right, so all right, Jack. Step up for a second, Jack Shepard,
0: ladies and gentlemen. What do you think of Jack tonight? Fine, fine stuff, and Jeff, would you stand up please? Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Gage. All right, he gets the bottle, take it, baby, take it. The bottle of Jack Daniels goes to Jeff Gage. Good job, good job. The bottle of 10 High goes to Jack Shepard. I don't even drink. And And I can't think of anybody more appropriate to give Sincerely Yours, Robert Goulet, to then Jack Shepard, play the deep baritone white man in your house forever in a day. Yes, that's right. You win it all. This is going to be a fucking coaster. <laughs> that's a big fucking drink you can put on there. Oh, my handsome, gosh. Handsome, handsome right. man. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start wrapping it up now. Did you guys have a good time? Yes. Good night, man. Let me say a couple of thank yous real quick. We're gonna start wrapping it up here. First of all, I wanna thank uh, uh, John Whitney, creator of The Premise, who's back there running things. Greg Hansberry is our audio producer as well. Chip Cassell right there, the man who's been keeping us on time. He's been wandering around in the black t-shirt with the headset, there he is over there. Thank you, Chip, very much. And my very special guest, one more time for Jerry Elliott from QFM 96. The lovely, talented Nikki Winkleman. Jack Shepard, check out his movie Family Affair. Coming to some streaming service near you. And the incomparable OG of improv, Mr. Jeff Gage, everybody, your winner of The Premise tonight. My name is Dino Tripotis. Listen to Whiskey Business at WhiskeyBusinessShow.com. We have a new episode airing as we speak, and we do it all the time. We're looking forward to coming back to Shadowbox Live for another episode of The Premise. And so, until the next bottle, God bless you. See ya.